Welcome to Activate Church Podcast, and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you, and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. I am I'm actually so excited to share the stuff that I've got tonight, um, because it has transformed my life. Um, it's something that I've lived. It's not just, you know, good ideas. It's something that I've actually lived. Um, and so I guess for those of you who don't know me, I am Mel Winterbine, um, and I wear many different hats. I'm juggling many different balls at any given time. Um, one of those is as a mum to two beautiful teenage girls. I won't point them out to you, but they're here tonight. Um, and I am a wife to a very, very patient husband, especially as I prepared this message and it was like the vortex of time just stretched out before me. He was so patient. Um, and you will have seen me leading worship. Um, if you come to Activate, you will have seen me leading worship. Um, so I am a little bit of a creative. I like to sing and I like to write and I dabble in a little bit of art just for fun. But that part of my life, I actually really don't like it to be very structured. I don't like rules around what I'm doing, which is a flip side to what I do here at Activate Church as operations manager. Um, very big contrast. Um, but I must say the operations manager really suits me because one of my most favourite things to do is to bring order to chaos. Like, I get so much satisfaction out of it. Um, and I like to see things work well and, you know, be the best that they can be. Um, so that's what I do here at Activate. Um, but to be honest with you, I think that part of me um, actually stems from my childhood, like that part that likes a bit of order and a bit of process, um, because when I grew up, life was a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, I was in a family um, where, you know, there was drug abuse and violence in the home. We moved around a lot, so I moved schools multiple times. Um, it, was, it was chaotic. And so, you know, as a young girl, um, I am told by my mum that I loved to organise everyone and everything, and I think it kind of stemmed from that place. You know, I was creating some, some safety around myself, something that would become predictable if everyone did what I said. Um, and mum actually used the word bossy, but I am owning organised. That's the word that I'm owning tonight, not bossy. Um, but I think, I think a lot of us can kind of fall into that space where in order to feel safe or have some security in our life, we build that safety net around our lives. Um, and that was something that I certainly did because um, I attended a church for, for many, many years um, and I actually completely owned what they brought. So their faith expression was very much built on rules and doing things the right way and saying the right things. You know, there were a lot of boxes to tick, um, but that suited me at that time because, you know, my safety net. Um, and those rules and regulations, you know, they are what I felt or I was told would make me worthy. Those things would make me blessed um, and acceptable before God. Um, but the problem was is that because I was building that structure around my life, I was really just becoming a robotic expression of myself. And that's not what God intends. He's planted unique um, treasures inside each and every one of us that are just our individual expression. But I was quashing that with all of those expectations and kind of building a house of cards around myself 
you know, with people's expectations and opinions and um, all of the rules and the regulations and doing the right things and saying the right things, you know, building this structure up really high. Um, but, you know, having done that, even though I was doing all the right things, I was actually feeling so unlovable, unworthy. Um, my life was not a representation of if I did all the right things and this would happen. That's not what actually happened. And it's um, I attributed those things that I was talking over myself because of what I was taught about God, I attributed to him. So I also believed that he thought I was unworthy and unlovable. And at that time, I didn't know the truth of who Jesus was. Jesus came to die a death on the cross that meant, that meant when I said yes to him, I was completely and utterly worthy. And that would never change. It would never change, but I wasn't living in that reality. Um, so, you know, I was keeping up appearances and I was really, I was failing. I was failing at it. Um, and I got to a stage in, in that walk where I was really depressed. I hit rock bottom. And I had no hope and no motivation for the future. Um, it was a really dark place in my life. Um, so those, that house of cards that I built around myself just came crashing down around my ears. You know, came crashing down because of that toxic environment. And I think the problem was, is that I was trying to do this faith life without God, without his power and without his presence, just by ticking the boxes. And we can't remove relationship with God from the way we live and hope to live abundantly. It just doesn't work that way. Um, and, you know, without him, our, that, that house of cards is blown down in an instant. All it takes is one thing in our life, and it's, it's crushed down around us. Um, Jesus must be the centre. He must be the centre of everything we do. Um, and I'm not saying that guidelines are a bad thing, because, you know, this book right here is filled with amazing life-giving ways to live. You know, a path we can follow to have a life of abundance. But there is a big problem when the traditions and rules of man bypass the creator. We have a big problem when that happens. Um, and so, actually, Jesus, he said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but that he has come that we might have life and have it abundantly. And that word abundant, it sounds filled with promise, abundance. There is so much promise in that word. And it actually means to be full, to be thriving, to be abounding, um, to be overflowing and exuberant. And, you know, I hear those words and I go, yep, I want that. I want abundance. Um, but I guess where it went wrong for me in the beginning was that that way of living was actually normal to me. I never knew any other way of faith than what I'd been taught in that space. Um, and I wonder um, how often, for us, we actually accept normal. We accept ticking the boxes, and it's robbing us of abundant life. And it's not God's design. You know, that church that I was in is not God's design. He, he has created a church that is thriving and love-filled. Um, so, you know, when we do that, when we settle for normal, our, our toxic normal we're actually um, settling for ticking boxes and it's just a shadow of the life that we can have. And why? Why would we settle? Why would we settle for mediocre when we can have the real deal? Um, and I think, like, you know, we, we get into those normal patterns of thinking and it becomes automatic. Like, you know, going through the motions one step after the other, it can become a little bit automatic. 
And I wonder if you can relate to me on this, because there have been numerous times where I've got into the car to go somewhere, and I arrive where I was headed to, and I'm like, how did I get here? Like, I don't remember stopping at the red lights. I don't remember if I narrowly missed a pedestrian. If I indicated, I'm just there. Has, has that happened to anyone else? And that's actually because when we do something repetitively or think something repetitively, it actually creates physical pathways in our brain. And they kind of like roadmaps. So that's why you can get in the car and have that happen. But it's a problem when you want to go somewhere different. And that actually happened when my girls changed schools and it took us a long time, well, me, me a long time, to get to the point where I would actually turn right instead of going left to the old school. It was just, it became automatic. Um, and there is actually a wise man that um, he has a great quote that says, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. And that wise man is Dr. Phil, by the way. Um, but essentially, if you want something different, if you want something different, you've got to do something different, right? Yeah. It kind of makes sense, but I think sometimes we forget that. Um, and so at this point in the story, my mum had seen how very low I was um, spiritually, emotionally in that, in that dry place. So she extended an invitation to me to attend her church service. Um, and that was my opportunity to interrupt my normal and say yes to something new. Um, and I needed change, so I said yes. Um, and actually, the, the scripture is filled with people who are ordinary, imperfect people who did extraordinary things on the back of a yes to something new and a yes to God. Um, after Jesus was resurrected, he actually told the disciples um, that they should wait in Jerusalem because there was a promise of the Holy Spirit that would be poured out there. So they said yes to Jesus and they waited in Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit came while they were praying and gathered together and he poured out his Holy Spirit power upon them. So they were clothed with the power of God. Um, and so now, not only did they carry the presence of God, they were carrying the power of God. Um, and I think there's, there's, there's a disciple that I think um, is a really great representation of the before and after. So Peter, before, before this moment, um, he is actually my favourite disciple because he was super, super awkward. So I get a lot of encouragement from reading about Peter. Um, you know, he'd speak before he thought and he would do things rashly and, you know, he denied Jesus to the young servant girl um, but that, that time was actually quite a hostile environment. Um, like Jesus was crucified after he had denied that he knew Jesus to that servant girl. But there were people trying to stop the disciples from spreading the gospel. And he learnt, um, he experienced something when the Holy Spirit poured out his power upon, upon him. Because after that point, he actually was preaching to thousands of people and those thousands of people came to know Jesus because there was a visible power that Peter was walking in. Um, so we see, like through that, through Peter, we actually see that there is possibility that lives on the other side of yes to God. There's possibility that lives there. And I wonder for you tonight, you know, when you choose to say yes to God, what is on the other side of that? Um, so we're going to read from Second Peter uh, 1. So that's going to come up on the screen. 
Um, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Now, I don't want to keep going. We're just going to stop there for a second because let's not lose this awesome sentence in this passage of scripture. It doesn't say that he gave us some things for living a, a godly life. It doesn't say most things. It says everything. He gave us everything we need. We've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of this, he has given us great and precious promises. That is abundance. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature. Share in his divine nature. And escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Um, Jesus, he did all the hard work for us, really. He died on the cross so that we could be reconciled to a loving God. He called us. He gave us everything we need. And he attached promises um, so that we could share in his divine nature in order to live abundantly. Now, there is a catch because there's something required of us to actually tap into that promise. There is a response that is required. It says to make every effort to respond. How are you responding to God? How are you responding to him? Um, so we can, you know, we can choose to do the tick boxes of faith, of ministry, of relationships, of work life, or we can tap into the presence and the power of God. And in Ecclesiastes, um, it says that God planted eternity in the human heart. And we are actually designed in a way, our creator has designed us in a way that leads us back to him. Um, and the thing is, is that I think as humans, you know, when, when we haven't met Jesus, we tend to fill that space with things that are detrimental to our spiritual and physical and emotional health. But it was always designed to be completed by God. Um, so for me, in my journey my yes began to lead me away from those tick boxes and lead me towards the healing power and presence of God. And actually, um, when I said yes to that invitation, I had no idea that I was saying yes to six months worth of bawling my eyes out every single service. I cried my eyes out every single service. So I talk about expectations being lifted off. Well, the only expectation that people had of me was that I was going to cry. But... I love that God made my tears useful because where once they were tears of oppression, now they became tears of joy and relief. And, you know, he, when we say yes to him, he, he makes even our tears supernaturally powerful. And I'm not talking about the sort of superpower that toddlers have where they can cry and you will just do anything. I'm not talking about that supernatural power. But David actually says in Psalm 139, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Um, And this is so true. I actually want to show you a slide of tears that's going to come up. This first slide here is actually a microscopic image, a close-up of tears. Now, the person who cried these tears were feeling oppressed and bound. And what is amazing is that you can actually see that reflected in the structure of the tears, that they're kind of linked together almost like chains. But if we go to the next one, these tears have been cried by someone who is feeling the sense of possibility and hope. And you can even see that division in emotion in the tear. It's actually incredible. God has made us incredibly. Um, when we bring what we have to God, he creates something good out of it. 
So tonight I'm going to um, show you some natural steps that you can take that will help you to unlock the supernatural in your life. And to do that, I'm going to bring you back to the 80s. I am an 80s, I'm an 80s kid. Um, so this right here is, is a game that I was addicted to as a young girl <laughs> called Altered Beast. And you'll notice this man, this man here, he's a centurion, but he actually just looks like a Ken doll on steroids, I reckon. <laughs> but he would go through this game and he would collect these power... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the beast. He'd collect these power spheres and he'd, he'd absorb them and then he'd grow bigger muscles. But by the time he got to number three, he actually got the opportunity to go into beast mode. And I don't know about you, but I don't mind some beast mode every now and again, you know, activating that spiritual beast mode. Um, so I'm going to talk about some real-world opportunities to actually tap into power-ups, to spiritual power-ups. Um, and they will reveal the way that we're actually wired and designed to unlock that power in connection with God. So science actually tells us that negativity affects the brain um, by blood, reducing blood flow and oxygen to your brain. Um, and repetitive negative thoughts and behaviours cause toxic waste clusters in your head. That's pretty full on. <laughs> Um, but positivity actually shapes you as well. So um, you have the power to rewire your brain. And the first power-up that I'll be speaking about is the power of gratitude, the power-up of gratitude. So Philippians 4, Paul teaches us to be thankful and that when we are thankful, God's peace will guard our heart and our mind. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And gratitude is really just to be deeply appreciative of benefits received. Now he learnt the power of gratitude and contentment in all situations. Um, and, you know, I don't know about you, but there have been situations that I have lived through where it was really hard to be content. It was really hard to be thankful in that space. But if Paul can do it, we can. Because when he talks about being content in all situations, he's meaning that when he was blinded and hunted and beaten and whipped, when he was imprisoned and shipwrecked, he found thankfulness in that space. He unlocked a supernatural peace and strength through, through gratitude. And maybe you haven't been shipwrecked or beaten or you know, chased down by a mob. If you have, please come to the front after the service. We'll pray for you. Um, but perhaps you've experienced what it's like to be emotionally shipwrecked. You know, Maybe there have been times in your life where you're really struggling with some relationships in your life. Or maybe you know what it's like to be imprisoned by addiction or, you know, by mental health challenges. We can all relate to some of those things. Um, so I just want to ask you tonight, what are you thanking God for in the middle of your mess? Because when you do, this is what happens and this is incredible. So thankfulness redesigns your brain. It increases blood flow and releases oxytocin into your system. Now, oxytocin, on the back of thankfulness, melts those toxic thought clusters in your mind. It melts them. Um, serotonin is increased, which is, um, a, it, it affects our mood. Serotonin is actually found in antidepressants, so it's a chemical found in antidepressants. Dopamine is increased as well, and that increases our life satisfaction, our sense of well-being, and it will even help you to enjoy people more. So if you don't usually enjoy people, try grat gratitude, and you might begin to. <laughs> um, scientific expert 
on gratitude, Robert Emmons, he actually discovered that there's opportunities to experience those thankfulness benefits um, by viewing opportunities to give and not just receive as opportunities and to be thankful for those things. So let's be aware of how we're viewing those things. You know, how do you view serving in God's house or reaching out to a friend? See it as an opportunity to be thankful. You know, thankful that you have the resources, the times, the, com- the time, the compassion to do that. Um, if you want the peace and strength that doesn't make sense in the storm, then activate this power up. And it can be as simple as buying a journal and putting it by your bed and counting three things throughout your day that you were blessed by. And it doesn't need to be big, huge, grand things. It can be as simple as you enjoyed a snuggle with your cat on the couch or, you know, you had a coffee in the sunshine. Let's not miss the little things that we can be thankful for. In Australia, we we absolutely need more peace. We're actually a country um, of people who worry. And statistics actually show that... um, up to 40% of people, of Australians, are expected to experience a a panic attack at some point in their life. 40% is a pretty huge number. And the thing that we're most worried about, according to Google, um, is our career and money and relationships. And I'm, I'm really sorry, but I'm bringing you some bad news today, because if you tend to stress a lot, you have a smaller brain than everyone else. It actually affects your brain. Um, it affects your brain, but I've given you the key to, uh, to grow it again through this power-up, so that's okay. That's okay. Um, I think it's absolutely amazing that all it takes is one conversation with someone to share our burden or get some wisdom, and everything can change in a moment. It's such a stress reliever. Um, in First Peter 5, he encourages us to give all our worries and cares to God because God cares about you. Um, and our next power-up is the power-up the power up of prayer. Um, so when we begin, in order to give it over, we need to begin a conversation with God. Um, but, and when we're having conversation with God, we just call it prayer. Let's not overcomplicate prayer. You know, let's not make it that unreachable thing that we can never do. It's conversation. Begin having conversations with him. Max Licardo says that our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it, not the one he says it, our prayers do make a difference. The hearer of our prayers, the hearer of your prayers, takes your natural words and creates something supernatural from them. Um, And something physical always happens when we make a spiritual exchange. We are designed that way. And Paul says to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And when we pray in connection with Jesus, there's literal transformation and rewiring that happens in our brain. And what's interesting is that when we pray, um, the thing in our brain that actually processes fear is activated. So we're actually bringing our fears to God and there's some processing happening in connection with him. Um, So that's called the amygdala. And the amygdala is is responsible for perception and assessment of emotions. Um, It actually helps us to emotionally regulate when we pray. It increases our compassion and our relaxation. It slows mental decline. There you go, people with small brains. Um, And it lowers our blood pressure. Um, They are some amazing benefits and very indicative of the creator that made us. 
Um, but what if you can't verbalise the things that are going on in your life, that you, you just don't know what to pray anymore? You know, you don't know what answer you want. You're in that space where you just don't know. Well, God actually gives us a gift of his Holy Spirit, and it's a heavenly prayer language, and it's something you can ask for. So this prayer language, um, Paul tells us in Romans 15, it says, The Spirit helps in weakness and intercedes according to the will of God when we don't know what to pray. Now, praying in that prayer language actually edifies our spirit. It builds us up. And that's called speaking in tongues. So when um, a believer speaks in tongues, um, the Spirit is actually praying through you, through you, in a language that you can't understand with your natural ears, but God understands. Um, And what is amazing is that in the normal focused prayer that I was speaking about before, Um, The language centre, which is responsible for our speech and and focus, is actually fairly inactive when people are praying in tongues, which that doesn't even make sense. Um, And I think, you know, that really points to that there's a language being spoken from within our spirit that our brain is not responsible for, it's the Holy Spirit within us. Um, Brain specialist Carl Peterson, he said that praying in your... the heavenly language, is actually associated with a reduction in stress. So he actually did studies on people who were praying in tongues. Um, It increases your positive mood and sense of calm. And physiologically, when you pray in tongues, you actually secrete two chemicals that boost your immunity by 40%. 40. Um, So if you are a believer, ask God. There are amazing benefits in connection with him when we pray in that heavenly language. Um, and prayer is such an important fuel for our spiritual walk. Um, I don't think I'm alone when I ask if anyone has ever run out of petrol. Oh, there's got to be more than two of you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, fuel is pretty important. When we don't have fuel in our tank, in our car, we stop moving. There's no momentum. We get stuck on the side of the road, and then we have to problem-solve our way out of getting stuck. Um, and, you know, being in connection with God is very similar. Um, but I just want you to imagine the last time that you filled your car with petrol. You know, there's a few steps involved in that. There is some resource and time that's required, but there's a pretty good outcome is that you can keep moving forward. Um, and this is an opportunity to refuel. Prayer is an opportunity to refuel and rewire your brain. So in the time it takes to fill up your car and pay and all that, Um, neuroscientists has actually shown us that 12 minutes um, daily of deep focused prayer over an eight-week period changes and rewires our brain enough to actually be seen on a brain scan. It can physically be seen, that rewiring. And I I know that it's not always easy to be consistent with a new thing, or um, even just to step out and do a new thing. Sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's messy, sometimes it's inconvenient, and sometimes we have to fight that normal instinct to go left when we actually want to go right. And for me, it wasn't any different when I said yes to that invitation. It was a messy, like I said, I cried for ages. Um, But if we want abundance, we're going to be prepared. We're going to be prepared to do it if we want peace, if we want strength, if we want power, if we want whatever the the blank is for you, you're going to be prepared to do something different if you want it badly enough. And so I entered into this church service and it was a complete culture shock 
because the church that I had attended was very conservative. This, like, clapping during, they called them the choruses, clapping during the choruses was exuberant. Um, so when I attended this new church, um, I was just bewildered by everything that was going on around me. I was like, why have they got their hands in the air? You know, they're actually smiling. You mean they're happy to be here? I don't understand. And, you know, please don't make me turn around and high-five three people. Don't make me do that. I don't want to, you know. Um, but, you know, even though I saw those things, I also saw that those people loved God. I saw that they were happy to be there. There was something in their freedom that I looked at and I paid attention to because I wanted it. I was desperate for that freedom. And I, I just want to encourage you because in that space, you know, there was a lot happening and my senses were overloaded. But do you know something? It's because of people like you that took your faith in here and made it outwards that I began to learn about who Jesus was, that I began to learn about who Father God is, that he's a loving Father, that he's filled with adoration. And that is an amazing opportunity. You know, when you are worshipping in this place, when you're in that time of worship, there's actually an opportunity to lead worship from where you are. And not everyone is looking at you, but someone might be, and they might not know Jesus. So if you are worshipping, do it with everything, because you might point them to a loving God. So if you haven't caught it yet, this power-up is the power of praise. Um, And our bodies, is, our bodies are designed, again, to respond to music. So hearing music and creating music, we actually have a physical response in our body when we do that. Um, oxytocin is released, and that is the chemical that's responsible for bonding and closeness. So what does that say when you're singing your heart out to Jesus? There is bonding and closeness that is occurring in that space. And it also increases emotional understanding It helps you process deep emotions as well. So if you're feeling locked up in your emotions, this is a really good place to begin. Begin to sing and begin to praise him with everything you've got. Now, God's ego doesn't need our worship. He is the God who created everything. He doesn't need it. He knows what he can do. Um, But he does desire our presence. He desires us to be present. And, you know, when we sing words that exalt him and lift him up, when we magnify his name, we're actually making him bigger than our circumstances. In that space, we're saying, you are bigger than my problems. You're bigger than that failed relationship. You are bigger than my sickness. You know, we're lifting him up. We're magnifying him. And it brings us a heavenly perspective. Um, And, you know, when I first started there... um, I actually found that really, really confronting. It was a really confronting thing. But in actual fact, we see it all the time. Um, And actually, it begins with the divine nature of God. So in Zephaniah 3, it says, God himself rejoices over you with singing. And when I hear the word rejoice, I'm like, yes, rejoice. You know, when when you're rejoicing over something, it's not like a demure sort of reaction. (laughs) You're, yes, that is awesome. And he is saying that over you. He delights in you. Um, But what about, you know, we see that played out in everyday life. 
you know, you might see a runner running a race and they power through that ribbon in victory. Um, or in concerts, you know, people have their hands lifted high in honour and adoration to those people on the platform. And even in surrender, you know, when the bad guy gets caught by the cops, he's like, yes, I surrender. But what that means for us is when we engage our natural and bring it to God is that we are declaring that he is, we're surrendering to him, we adore him, that he is our victory. Um, And we're actually, unsurprisingly, we're designed for that. Um, Amy Cuddy, she's a social psychologist, and she actually found that having an open posture, which she called it the superhero posture, having an open posture, you know, whatever, wherever, however comfortable, you're comfortable, you know, raising your hands, um, actually, for at least two minutes, naturally elevates our testosterone. And don't worry, ladies, you're not going to grow hairs in places you don't want. But it's just enough to cause confidence and motivation naturally to increase in our body. So our body responds to that. We actually, um, there's a reduction in stress hormone cortisol in that space, so we get um, more peace. And the scripture encourages that too. Um, in, throughout the Psalms, it says, lift your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. In your name, I will lift up my hands. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Now note that word, sacrifice. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to lift our hands to God. Sometimes we don't feel like it, but he is always worthy and there's always a spiritual exchange that happens when we do. Moses actually won a battle with the Amalekites. The Israelites won a battle with the Amalekites through the Mos- Moses lifting his hands. Um, he sat atop the hill and he lifted his hands. When he lifted his hands, they won the battle. But as he dropped them down, they began to lose. And that gesture was so important that Aaron and her came by his side and actually helped him to lift his hands. And so they won the battle and Moses set up a memorial, something to be reminded to be thankful for, um, there and he, he named that place, the Lord is my banner. And when you're holding your hands up like that, it's kind of like you're lifting a banner. And so he was saying, the Lord is my victory. So whatever you need to do in that space, declare it, lift up that banner to God. We were made to thrive in connection with God. So when we, re- when we lean into relationship with him and stop ticking boxes, when we drop the facade, we will actually begin to transform. And the version that you see on the stage now, it is miles and miles away from who I was 12, 13 years ago. I couldn't even express how different I am. And that's because God has made me to be a new creation in connection with his presence and his power. Um, we find who we are when we're connected with him. So plug in, plug into the presence and power of God and begin to see that abundance um, unfold in your life. But I just want to present a scenario to you. If you can imagine a couple on their wedding day facing each other and they say to each other, I do. They're saying yes to each other. But can you imagine if they went home, they never talked to each other, they never affirmed each other, there was never any relationship with hap- that happened, there wouldn't be abundance there. So someone's yes actually needs to be followed up by action. There needs to be a response that's attached to that yes. Change comes when choice meets action. He is a God who'll take your natural and he'll create supernatural abundance from it. If you have him, you've got everything you need. 
trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.